Blog Talk Radio. Cheese on the podcast. You already know what time it is when you hear that song, folks. Outsiders Boxing Podcast coming to you live once again, time and time again. January 14, 2018. How's everybody doing out there? Hope you're all right. Enjoying these playoffs such as myself and many others. Will Jacksonville join the elite club of blowing leads? That remains to be seen. <laughs> But, man, uh, great week, great boxing, great scheduling coming forward. Had myself a great time involving the first ever credential event with the Outsiders Boxing Podcast. And 2018 is looking like the up-and-up year for me and my main man, Steve Willow Wilson from Houston, Texas. So, Let's take it to my man and see how he's doing. Willa, what's good, my man? How's it going out there? Oh, man, you know, another beautiful Sunday afternoon in Houston, Texas, man. Like you said, I'm watching these Jags come through. Um, looks like they about to blow the lead, but as we speak, Fournette runs for five yards, and that's what he's – he's been getting nine a pop. Uh, as long as Jaguars run the ball. They should be able to keep this lead, but but we're talking boxing, man. Uh, yeah, very excited for 2018. We got some big stuff brewing, and it all started with you getting those credentials. You know, our first ever. You know, people might think that's a small thing, but as you know, we we taking steps here in 2018, and, and we got you know we got you going free, eating buffet, eating steak and eggs. You know, uh, looking good, oh, man. Yeah. So I want to hear about that. You know, give a shout out to everybody who, who you know, who let you, who let us. You know, that's us. Even though you were out there by yourself, that's us, the the outsiders boxing podcast who let us participate, man. So, uh, yeah, how how'd that go for you, RC? Yeah, you're right about that, man. Uh, it might seem like something little from the outside perspective, but for us, being an upstart podcast, and you know, really damn near in our second season, so to speak, from barely coming out on our own brands. This is a, a, a great step moving forward. You know, we've had positive feedback. We've had uh, positive reviews, great ratings uh, from the lovely people out there listening who enjoy what we bring to the table with the charismatic opinions and things like that that differentiate from some of the stiffer uh, characters that are in the boxing game. No disrespect. It's just, you know, some people are um, do things by the T's crossed and the I's dotted. Me and you, we... We do our own thing with a little bit of different seasoning on our flavor. So, um, yeah, it may seem like a little thing, but the whole credential thing that happened, um, 
Obviously, they look into what we're doing before they are able to say yes or no as far as credentials go. And I'm sure that they've seen the feedback that me and you both seen. And they said, yo, since we got somebody here in the area, let's get some more help promoting this event, which was at the Tachi Palace in, uh, Palace in Lemoore, California, um, most notable for uh, Jose Ramirez making his upstart fight events at the casino in which Bob Aram was recently at a few months back when Jose Ramirez was supposed to fight over there, but he hurt his hand. Bob Aram still showed up anyways for the fight, interacting with the people. Tim Bradley, being a regular at this event, was there with his wife and uh, showing a lot of respect to the people out there that went to the meet and greets. His boss? Um, yeah, his boss. His boss was giving them the, the yes or the no and the maybes and the all that good stuff, you know what I mean? Um, it was uh, it was really nice, man. Um, you had a young fighter by the name of Gabriel uh, Flores, and it's, it, I was talking to him because his nickname is Lil G, which I was like, wait, wait, wait a minute, man. There's already somebody who's got that nickname. I'm messing with him, obviously, talking about Golovkin. But this young guy, is um, he's a, a very good, young, talented fighter. Real, real cool meeting him. And, um, you know, uh, I definitely got to give respect to um, to Rick uh, Mirigan, who is the 559 promoter in Central California, who was the one I reached out to and let him know about what we're doing. And when he looked into it, he got me into the PR people of the Tachi Palace and was able to get me um, on the list uh, and gave us the credentials we needed and uh, pretty much gave me all access to the whole entire fight which was uh, this uh, uh, Thursday at about 6.30. So I was about there from 6.30 till midnight uh, conversating with some of the people. Um, got into uh, good contact with other boxing podcasts, The Boxing Voice. Uh, those were some great people out there. They made the drive down to the fight. I was chilling with them during the whole media table and all that stuff. And it was, uh, it was cool talking uh, to guys watching the fight that knew what they were talking about. And, um, you know, similar to how we would break down a fight or we're watching anything when you're talking to somebody who knows football or basketball, boxing is just a little bit different because, you know, uh, so much goes into it. It's not about just the hands. You got to pay attention to the footwork, circle of the ring, all that good stuff. And um, it was cool chopping it up with them. Uh, We ended up clicking up and uh, uh, exchanging social media uh, links and uh, let them know what we're doing. And uh, they were real supportive about it. Um, and everybody that was involved with the whole event, Jose Ramirez was there, wasn't fighting, just went there to show some love and uh, chopped it up with him. And it was cool that the guy knew who I was. And it was a whole different event. But, you know, uh, it was funny because people were asking, oh, you work with a podcast, which one? And the way I told him was very strong. Outside is boxing podcast. I knew they never heard of it, but they were going to hear about it and remember it after when they met me because we are going to be making waves coming forward in 2018 100%. And uh, this is just the start. So uh, we got some good connections in there. And um, as I mentioned to uh, Rick Merrigan, uh, if there's any events coming forward that he would uh, want me to get out there for him, I'm going to do that because he's a a promoter out here in Central California. Uh, Jose Ramirez is a main promoter and uh, Bob, Bob Aram's right-hand man here in California. So um, if they're going to be putting out events, I'm going to do as best as I can to help them out, and hopefully we can uh, help each other out. You know, Central California boxing is very underrated, but um, as we uh, as we know, talking about Jose Ramirez, he has a big fight 
with Emir Aman coming up in the next few months at Madison Square Garden. So you're talking about fighting at the Tachi Palace Casino, then moving out to Fresno, which he just fought on ESPN, the number two most watched live event on ESPN of 2017. And now he's going to Madison Square Garden, a small guy, a small town guy from Avenel, California, where you're talking about a population of maybe seven or 8,000, very small and uh, doing some big things. So, uh, you know, we're going to do as best as we can to help them out. And, um, Outside of this boxing podcast, we're working with everybody that's willing to work with us. And so far, Willa, it's looking good, my man. Oh, yeah, most definitely, man. And, hey, shout out to you for putting that down. And, uh, you know, like I said, we're, we, we got, we're not going to spill the beans. But, uh, you know, we've got some big stuff popping, you know, for this Willa and Wills platform. And that definitely includes, you know, outside of boxing podcast. So, hey. Let's talk about this boxing man. We had uh we had a good a good little scrap. A, a American uh, Olympian two time, the best uh, American boxer in the uh Olympian boxer ever. And uh, you know, one let's go ahead and start talking, man. Let's let's, let's get into oh, it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, 100%. Uh we had a early fight coming on Friday with Clarissa Shields. All know about Clarissa Shields. She's been been being very charismatic as of late, trying to get her 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 promotion job coming up, um, her promotion skills, I should say, coming up on the up and up. By the way, she's been cutting promos and stuff like that, talking about Tori Nelson, her opponent, Tori Shownuff Nelson, who was her opponent, talking about you, or actually it was her opponent before this. I'm sorry, uh, where she was saying she didn't know who she was and. Uh, she wanted to see her in the ring, and she lost respect, or she didn't have no respect for her and things like that. So she's seeming like she's coming into these fights with a big attitude, chip on her shoulder. And the way she fights, you could tell that this woman means business. Unfortunately, we're supposed to have uh, my girl Christina Hammer on the undercard of this fight, but uh, with a visa issue that she was dealing with, wasn't able to get it uh, situated uh, for the date. So she'll be fighting at a later date, I believe, in the next two months or so. After that, so uh, we're looking to set up this fight with Shields and Hammer uh, moving forward. But it looks like we'll have to wait a little bit longer due to the visa issue, well, which is uh, which is okay, I suppose. Uh, we'll see the fight, but uh, nonetheless, Carisha Shields, she went out there and took care of business. Um, Tori Nelson, who was uh, previously undefeated, um, went in the ring and really looked like she was just making uh, Carissa Shields upset with a lot of this this uh, posture the uh, reactions to her shots, doing a lot of shaking the head no, but you were getting hit yes. And Clarissa Shields shut her out 10 rounds to zero. She said she was going to stop her in five, and it looked like she might have towards the end of the round. But, uh, you know, Tori Nelson was one shot, was a very tough chick, and uh, she hung in there. So uh, there was a lot of, uh, uh, of, of action in this fight. Um, Clarissa Shields obviously wanted to make a statement knowing that Christina Hammer was in attendance. But she took care of business, as she should have, and uh, mazel tov to her. Uh, she she uh, put on a great performance. The fans seemed to enjoy it very well. And um, we will soon be talking about the big fight between Christina Hammer and Clarissa Shields. We would just have to wait. But as far as I, uh, from my standpoint, it was an entertaining fight because, uh, you know, I, I was sat down, was enjoying it the entire time, and when it was over, I said, you know what? That was cool. 
uh, me from a couple years ago probably wouldn't give women's fighting much of a uh, a, a day to orchestrate my afternoon around or my evening around, I should say. But that's exactly what I did because I was speaking to you, Willa, uh, right before that fight had happened. And we were uh, talking about what's going down and, well, let's uh, check out this fight coming up. And uh, I wasn't disappointed. Clarissa Shields, she uh, she beasted her opponent, Tori Nelson, and it was uh, not even close. Perfect, unanimous decision. What, is, what was your thoughts on the fight, Willa? Oh, man, being a, a strong supporter of Clarissa Shields, and a strong supporter of America, you know. Oh, I was proud uh, to see her do that work, you know. She 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 came in talking about KOing everybody. She has no KOs, um, but she gave that lady that lady a beat down, and you know, and it was good for her to get uh to get those rounds in. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, this lady was uh, a former champion, or and she was. Uh, she was a former champion, and and she was in there. She and she took she, she was just taking a beating, but she was tough. You know, a lot of people are criticizing her because she didn't get the knockout. A lot of people say she has no power, uh, but these are women, so you know it's hard to. I don't even know, you know, but she looked good. It was just a beating, um, and you know, uh, another one, another, and she got ten rounds in. She hasn't got too many rounds, and I think this is a good thing for. her. And you know she's getting a little tired. Uh, I don't like that. She's got that a little bit of that Canelo in her, where she's fighting and she's going to the ropes. And you know the the announcers are like, yeah, she's showing her skills, dropping her hands. But I think that's because she's getting tired. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not sure about that. But it is what it is. Um, uh, great fight. It was an entertaining fight. And shout out to Clarissa Shields. She needs to. Hopefully, she can get some KOs because. You know, even though she's looking good, even though she's putting a beating on these girls, it's going to be hard to break through as a women's player. She's talking about she's talk she's still talking about doing pay per views, and she's still talking about wanting to do pay per views. And I think she can get there. She's talking. She she isn't um. She can speak very well. She isn't a dummy, you know. And she just needs to get some KOs. And she needs to get some chaos. So maybe that means I think uh, she's going uh, up to fight uh, Hammer right at 160, I believe. I don't really know how the weights go in, in women's. Uh, I'm pretty sure it might be the same. But um, she's going up. Maybe she needs to a little bit and go knock out some little girls. Even though this girl last night, this woman, not girl, this woman last night was a little smaller. Um, she needs some chaos. She's looking good. She's looking excellent. It was a, a complete sweep. But like I said, you know, on showcases, you want to showcase, and that means usually KOs. But with it being women, I'm not going to be women's boxing. I'm not going to be so tough on her as I would do the other guys. But she gave she, – she was 10-0, you know. So I'm going to give her a B plus, A minus for the performance. She looked excellent. But I want to see – to get everybody, not just mine, to get everybody's attention – she needs to start Ann Wolfing these chicks. And maybe this Hammer Hammer lady does all right. You know, I went back and looked. I saw Christina Hammer uh, pull a foolery and get hit in the back of the head and act like she was knocked out, you know. So I don't think she's really that tough. I know that's your girl, you know, and all that. But I went back and sort of looked at some of her fights. And the one is, I saw the one she lost. She got hit in the back of the head, rolled around, pulled the Hopkins. She's too young for that. So to me, seems like she ain't got no heart. 
and Clarissa Shields definitely has heart. So we're gonna see what's up. Uh, we're gonna see. We're gonna see what's up, and I look forward to. I look forward to seeing more of her fights, man. Uh, no doubt, she did a good job, and and we'll see what's what's next for. Her. I want to see her do her pay per view thing. I want to see her fulfill her dream. She seems like a nice young woman. I think she's 22, 23 years old. She's got a long time in the game. She just started similar, you know, similar to uh, old uh, uh, Loman Stinko over there. You know, she's on the uh, she she jumped up early. She's boxing for titles early, and uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully she gets her chance to shine. But she needs some KOs, RC. We need to see some KOs, or nobody's gonna want to see her. No, I feel you 100%. Because yeah, as you're mentioning, Clarissa Shields is uh, uh, talking a lot about this pay-per-view stuff, and uh, she's talking about her being a, a two-time Olympic gold medalist. She wants Lomachenko money, and we all know Lomachenko's getting some nice bread over there at Top Rank. I mean, I don't know, Will. I think they got a little bit of money over there with Top Rank. So uh, Lomachenko's getting paid pretty fast. He's getting good money. Get that money up there. A little bit of money, a little bit of money. And, um, you know, she wants to make that money like Lomachenko, but you're going to have to start doing what Lomachenko does if you want some money. Uh, Lomachenko is knock, knocking dudes out, and he's making dudes take briefcases and quit. So, uh, yeah, this I isn't uh, It's no way she's going to be making Lomachenko money. She wants that. But, uh, you know, what are the women in the WNBA making? I think the tops is like a million dollars. You know what I'm saying? Maybe two million dollar contract is even that. You know, so let's not get yeah, too far far ahead I, of I, ourselves. You know, she might try to get yeah. rigging down money. Maybe, maybe even that. I doubt it. You should yeah. be looking for it. But shit, she's gonna be making more money than me and you combined, and Janelle. You know, so combined. So, oh, for you know, sure. It's not like she's gonna be doing bad. But you know, Lomachenko money, she ain't making that. I think that's what the crowd was laughing at. No, for sure. I feel you. I feel you. Um, no, I hear you 100%. But uh, speaking of Janelle, I know he's on the line and is uh, wanting to get, chime in on this. So, uh, oh, and let me just, before we do that, before we go to Janelle, let me just correct you real quick, Willie. You're talking about the fight that Christina Hammer lost. She's never lost. 22-0, and 0, that fight was a no contest. So, you know, no loss. But you know what? Hammer really does tower over Carissa Shields. She makes it look like a midget. So she's going to have... <laughs> Uh, big size advantage over Carissa Shields. So it's going to be interesting to see how Carissa Shields' punches go uh, looking upward rather than the rather than how she's been going at the moment. So, um, hey, man, that fight's a while, a while away before it happens, and we'll get into it when it happens. But uh, I just wanted to clarify that real quick. Carissa Shields, or um, Christina Hyber, does not have an L on the record. That's a no contest. Take it how but you But she was rolling but, uh, around, right? Now. She was rolling yeah, around, right? Yeah. She must have been dreaming about me or something like that, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yo, let's uh, let's go to Janelle and see what he's got to say about <coughs> Carissa Shields fight. I know he probably wants to chime in after you said that uh, Carissa Shields making a lot more money than me, you, and Janelle <laughs> combined. Nah, so, let's take that's it negative. And see how he's doing. Negative. I was talking about Carissa Shields though. When nobody really talks about, I mean, in MMA people know about it, but um, I'm not sure about in the boxing world. But uh, she's been around Cyborg for some years now, and uh, there's even pics out there where she's been training in jujitsu. Uh, you know how Holly Holmes, how, like, okay, now everybody knows who Holly Holmes is. Oh, yeah, like, when she was boxing, okay, nobody really knew about her. But now she's in MMA, um, she's selling pay-per-view, and she's on pay-per-view fights, and, she, okay, everywhere she goes, oh, people know her. 
it's like uh, boxing doesn't really promote their female fighters that good. I mean, it's like it's like it's just like a it's like a who's that really? Um, Leila Ali is the only. And Cyborg like, walked into the. Huh? Cyborg walked into the. Uh, Cyborg walked into the ring. I know that. I know that. I'm just saying. Okay, now, okay. Um, they're really good friends. No, I'm just saying. And it's yeah. and it's rumored that actually, uh, uh, excuse me, I'm making a move to MMA uh, down the road. It, I know she has been training jujitsu with Cyborg. She does spar boxing with her a lot. And but, but there's a lot of talk going on in, in the MMA world. Actually, she plans on making a move to MMA because. I mean, like it or not, I, mean, I hate to admit it, but MMA promotes their female fighters very well, man. I mean, that Cyborg and Holly Holmes fight did some real good numbers for, 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 for female fighters. I mean, I, I mean, they did with damn, this damn girl, around the Rousey, had people thinking that she was a really good boxer and everything, like, and she wasn't. But yet, I, I, I look how well she got promoted. And, I, and I'm not saying it's definite, but don't be surprised if it's two, three years from now, because she is still young. She's only 22 years old. I mean, that, that she makes that jump. And I can really see it coming where she will make better money in MMA, in MMA uh, than in boxing, because boxing just doesn't pay women fighters that good. Only Layla Ali. But only because she's an Ali. That's only like, like why she was really that uh, famous, you know. But I'm, I'm, I'm just don't be surprised if she makes a jump, as Holly Holmes did. I could see it coming, honestly. What about the performance she had on Friday night, Janelle? Did you see oh, it, and what was your takeaway from sharp. it? She looks sharp. I mean, she looks sharp. Um, I know Willow was bashing about the power and stuff, but I mean, she has power that makes a woman <laughs> respect her power enough, you know? I mean, she's not like a devastating person, like an Ann Wolf or anything. I mean, Ann Wolf was like a damn man. So not a woman out, it seems like she has some vicious power. But, like, I mean, she has right. enough power that women respect her. And, and and I didn't bash anybody. Don't hey, I didn't bash her at all. I said we need Doc out. That's all I was saying to get her name up. I mean, she I needs to knock out. Cyborg is so Cyborg. Even is that so, alone, so it, it, go ahead, man. Even that alone, it's a it's a sign that okay, if she goes to MMA, that she could be promoted really well in MMA. I think they'll promote her even better than she gets promoted right now in boxing. I'm mean, two time Olympic gold medalist, but yet, I mean honestly. I didn't know about the fight that somebody put on Facebook, and then I ran home and watched it. And I was like, oh, I didn't know it wasn't coming on. It wasn't promoted that well. You know, I mean, I, Well, you obviously aren't listening to the Outsiders Boxing Podcast because we told you, we told the world last week that Clarissa Shields would be fighting. And we got much love for Clarissa Shields. I didn't knock I her at that. all. Cyborg, is, Cyborg is a legend because she was knocking chicks out. That's why she's getting paid. Uh, Ali was knocking chicks out. Ann Wolf was knocking chicks out. This is, uh, not, you know, it is what it is. And she mentioned that. Oh, yeah, because she wasn't knocking anybody out. And, and, you know what I'm saying? I, I didn't say Holly Holmes. Nobody really cared about Holly Holmes until she knocked the, uh, until she knocked Ronda Rousey out. To be good, for I think for women in any sport or anything, they've got to go beyond and be, they got to go well, it will be uh, easy beyond what a man got to do. In MMA, in MMA, look for gloves. It would be easier for Christian Shields not to win out with those foreign clubs. I mean, it would yeah, be and I, I believe I see her doing it for sure because, like you said, she's 22 years old. So she's got a all yeah. she's got a long time to go. You know, she's not gonna. I don't know how women do. I'm not. I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure. But you know, men are getting to their prime until they're 27, 28, 29 years old. So you know, she can be practicing, and then when she's 28, 
be a beast out there and, or, and do both, you know. If, so, the money come, if the money doesn't come enough in box, I'm quite sure she will make a move. But I'm quite sure if she does, I'm quite sure that she, she will be able to attraction in MMA. It just is what it is. Been around Cyborg. Uh, Cyborg has come to Twilight of her career in about a few more years. Uh, on the protege of Cyborg, but she sparred her a lot. She's, she's doing jujitsu under Cyborg. You know what I mean? I mean, that alone is a promotional tool right there. A uh, Olympic gold medalist and now making a move into, into MMA. Um, that alone is a promotion up uh, for pay-per-view. I hate to say it, but, I mean, it's what it is. Oh, yeah. It's like I always, no, it's like I always say. It's like I always say. It's like I always say in marketing. You sell the sizzle and not the steak. And that sizzle was enough to sell pay-per-view. And to top it off, you're talking about MMA. If she was to make that jump, all they got to do is have Joe Rogan talk for three minutes about this fight, and he will convince you that the guys that are fighting outside of uh, bars are big pay-per-view attraction. Just let this yeah. man talk, and uh, he and sells things pretty well for that that company. And that's the promotional thing, and that's the whole promotion. I mean, they do promote their fight as well. That's what you give them credit for. I mean, they promote their fight as well. I mean, I'm more of a box face. I mean, you know, I fight MMA. I mean, but I'm more of a boxing fan, but... On the same note, I mean, you can't knock them. I mean, they promote their fighters very well. I mean, this guy, Francis, who's fighting next Saturday, um, he fought a few fights, and everybody's dying to see him fight for the belt, uh, title. Um, I feel like a handful of UFC matches. It's like, it's like, who really knew about this guy a few years ago, really? I mean, that's just a promotional thing. I mean, I mean give him props for that. But I just yeah, definitely. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. Like I said, just Joe Rogan. Just Joe Rogan can talk, and he can sell his guys. He had people believing that Conor McGregor stood a chance against Floyd Mayweather, which I'm pretty sure yeah. accounted yeah. for two million of those sales. So Joe Rogan can he can talk anybody into a big fight, um, especially the uh, the uh, UFC c- crowd that they have there. So uh, he does very well at promoting. And boxing doesn't really have someone promoting stuff like that. You have uh, guys that are saying pretty much the same shit that they say about everybody else. Uh, it just depends on what kind of uh, a difference of a power and things like that that fighter has that makes uh, the fights what they are uh, promotion-wise. And sometimes that doesn't even really work. Um, you know, uh, Andre Ward and Kovalev, that should have been promoted very well, the first and second fight. Yeah. But they weren't oh, oh, that yeah, well. Yeah. And that was a, and that was and a that great was a fight, shame. you know what I mean? And that was a shame. And that was a shame. And that, that was a shame that uh, it, it didn't do better numbers. It wasn't promoted well. But one thing I will say also that, uh, Krista Shields, uh, she did um, um, okay, the performance she gave on that on that first card with uh, Kovalev and Word. It was, uh, um, I don't think it was aired, but I was there for that fight live. And I, was, I, don't, I don't think it was aired, but that fight was pretty dull, and it really wasn't a good performance that night for Krista Shields. So um, uh, this fight right here was definitely more exciting to watch. It was more entertaining to watch because uh, I give her props for that, you know. But, yeah, you're right about how that fight wasn't promoted too well at all. I mean, those guys were too high skillful guys. That fight should have been performed. It really should have uh, did better numbers. But it all comes to promotion, you know? Yeah, Kathy Dubin ain't selling nobody on main event bullshit that they got. And um, Andre Ward, you know, he's a, a blue-collar guy who's not going to be running his mouth to make, make crazy uh, headlines like uh, McGregor Mayweather and stuff like that. But it was a shame how that fight was such the boxing fight of a year ago, and um, it wasn't. It didn't do great numbers. That's a shame. But UFC definitely gets their stuff right because 
you know, they have guys who aren't necessarily the highest caliber fighters, and they're making pretty good money on their pay-per-views. So uh, they definitely are in touch with their uh, fan base. And I think a little bit of it has to do with um, they have uh, – I'm not sure what it's called at right now. But it's basically, <laughs> basically a show where they're uh, introducing fighters and uh, pretty much keeping the fans in touch with it. So uh, boxing needs to step their game up as far as promotion goes uh, in that sense. But um, – you know, a fight that should also probably get a little bit more uh, publicity and uh, promoted a little bit more so than it is right now is a fight between the truth, Errol Spence and King Pete, Lamont Peterson. See Lamont Peterson uh, in the gym the other day taking some heavy bag shots to the, to the body, looking like he's getting ready for those Spence body shots getting chopped down. Um, Errol Spence has a lot of people convinced that he's unbeatable, but – the kid still shows greenness in fights like he did against Kel Brook. Don't get me wrong. The kid is very talented, and he hits very hard. And the guy's size alone is a problem for guys. And uh, Earl Spence, very athletic, um, has great technique. And uh, he, he, uh, we've seen him be hurt before, but when he got hurt, he didn't try to run out of the kitchen when the kitchen was on fire like Keith Thurman did against Louis Colazzo and Sean Porter. When Earl Spence got hurt, he tried to put the fire out in the pocket, clinching. And got to give respect to the guy like that. When someone's in danger, he wasn't afraid to get out of the way, but he also was smart enough to do what needed to be done in a sense of uh, uh, urgency. But this fight coming up with Lamont Peterson, uh, I think it'll be, as Earl Spence called it, a dog fight is what he's expecting. I think it will be like that. Lamont Peterson needs to make it a dogfight. I mean, I know the guy has very good skill when it comes to uh, maintaining his distance and using his reach and using his athleticism, using his footwork. He can do that, and he's shown it uh, in previous fights, such as the Danny Garcia fight. He looked very good at the end of the fight, uh, the last remaining round, and was using his footwork very great, giving guys problems. Now, can he do that to Earl Spence? Absolutely because Errol Spence has shown that he's green at times and still needs a, a little bit of a ways to go as far as progression. But you see all the talent there, so when he does get it down, he's going to be a very big problem for guys in the division. But, Willa, let's take it to you first, and we could go to Janelle right after. What do you think about this fight coming up? Because it is a preview fight for um, Errol Spence and Lamont Peterson. Oh, man, good fight. This is what... This is what Spence needs. Um, after beating up Kell Brook last fight, you know, old washed-up UK brother, I think this is going to be his toughest fight. You know, uh, Lamont Peterson, 35-3, and three, he's a he's a, a solid veteran. Uh, he's he done fought uh, he's he done fought the best in the division, um, and and like you said, he had, last fight I think against uh, Danny Garcia, uh, he looked. He looked pretty. No, he uh, fought uh, Anna Beeson, whatever his name is. He he whooped him. Uh, his last it, loss was against uh, Danny Garcia. Uh, he whooped Felix Diaz. Um, you know, he's not really, he's not really. Uh, he doesn't really have any power anymore. It doesn't seem like, but he, he's a, he's a nice slick boxer. And Lamont Peterson is, uh, you know, he's going to be Earl Spence's biggest people. You know, at their primes, of course, uh, Kell Brook is better than uh, Lamont Peterson. Well, I'm at you know at their prime, I guess he is. But I think at that fight, he really didn't have the heart. 
and you know he already he got his heart taken by taking a payday and uh, faking an eye injury uh, for Triple G. So you know this is going to be a good fight, and this is going to tell us this is going to confirm. This is either going to confirm or uh, confirm or give us more questions about Earl Spence if he goes in there and whoops um, Lamont Peterson, you know, which some people say he should do. Um, then he's definitely seriously a top five guy in the game. Um, but if he goes out there and struggles, with, doesn't mean he won't be a top five guy. It just means like he still has a lot to learn. He's still young. You know what I'm saying? Like he said, he's still there to get hit a lot. Um, and he's he still got a lot of things to learn. So, you know, this is good. This is, We'll see. You know, if he struggles with Lamont Peterson, he doesn't want any of Keith Thurman. Uh, he doesn't want any of the big dogs quite yet. But I – I suspect that he'll he'll Definitely. he'll be all right, man. You know, Lamont Peterson, he came back, uh, you know, this is his like third hurrah right here, and he's looking good. Um and you know, he's even though he's wearing the tightest, smallest shorts of all time, um, he's looking good out here. And uh said looking good, Jacksonville looks like they're probably not gonna give up the uh, lead, uh, but that's neither here nor there. But yeah, I'm excited about this fight, man. Um, as we discovered, it's got. It looks like it's going to be a pretty good fight card. Period. You know, as we discovered today. So you know, I'm 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 looking forward to see what Spence got, man. This should be a, a this should be a pretty good fight, and this should be a great way to start to really start off 2018. Earl Spence, uh, Lamar Peterson. I don't know if we're making picks yet, but I'll wait till you say to make the pick. Uh, but this is, should be a good fight. I see, uh, like you said, Lamar Peterson is getting ready for that body work, and uh, it's going to be coming. It's going to be coming. Yeah, so we'll see, man. We'll see. I think it's going to be a great fight, great night of boxing at the Barclay, right? Barclay, yeah, yeah, at the Barclay, yeah. It, it should be one of those great great uh, boxing man fights such as we had with the uh, – not on the same level, but somewhat of the same uh, same type of uh, 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 dog fight that we're expecting to be tuned into, like such as the Jacobs Triple G fight, where that is the boxing man type of fight. And I like this one because Lamont Peterson can definitely do some things to Spence, and we got to see Spence improve. Um, we cannot keep saying every time he fights um, a certain level of competition, oh well, he's still green. Oh well, he's still showing signs of greenness, and has to he has to do better at this, do better at that. I think we're giving them a little bit too long of a string of leniency, and we have to see at a certain point in time him show improvement because he was getting counterpunched all night against Kell Brook before the broken face of Kell Brook was exposed, and pretty much he just broke him down after that point. He was losing the fight before he won the fight, in my opinion. Um, and uh, I was expecting to see more from Spence. But, you know, he got the job done 100%, fighting on the road. And uh, he did what he needed to do to bring the title back to the U.S. So he gets full credit for that. However, he just needs to show improvement in things that he hasn't shown up until this point. Yes, you've seen better comps. And, yes, Kell Brook is a by far better fighter than Lamont Peterson. And on Kell Brook's best day before the Triple G injury, Lamont Peterson can't even lace his boots, man, on Lamont Peterson's best day. And that's just my opinion, and I don't think anyone's going to dispute that because Lamont Peterson – He's a, a good fighter, but I would say that he is on the B level. And when Kell Brook was at the top of his game, he was uh, probably an A-minus to a B-plus type player, and he was definitely a problem um, uh, with with very good size and, and technique and skills. So uh, uh, definitely 
uh, going to have to show some of the improvement on on uh, what he does when he's getting counterpunched, using his footwork when things aren't landing and such. So we'll see how that comes out to fruition. I want to see him show things that he hasn't shown recently. But, uh, Janelle, let's go to you. What do you think about this fight coming forward, my man? Hold on for Janelle real quick. That's my fault. Here we go. Okay. Hello? Janelle, you there, my man? Uh, The Spence and Peterson fight. How do you see this one coming out, my man? Well, personally, I think people got their hopes up for no reason. I don't think Peterson is going to even compete with him a, a tad bit. I believe this guy's. I believe Spencer can do whatever he want with him. I think he's taking a step back from the Kelbrook fight, as you mentioned that he's not nowhere near as skilled as Kelbrook. I think Kelbrook, uh, before Terrence no Crawford was in, uh, before Terrence Crawford was in the division, I think uh, Kelbrook was the most skillful guy at welterweight. Spence, he showed that he actually showed more skill than Spence. I'm especially showing more grit and determination. Yeah, exactly. He showed more grit and okay. more determination. And uh, uh, prior to Triple G's fight, I don't think he would have quit. I think the fight would have went to the scorecards. It was like, what, 11th round when he quit? So I think the fight would have went to the scorecards if it was before Triple G. Um, that would have been a very compelling fight uh, if it was before Triple G. But, um, yeah, but um, I, I don't think people should even compete with him. And let's not forget, I mean, T-Say knocked this guy out, was it like three, four rounds, I think it was? Oh, the three rounds? Cold. Oh, not cold, but he, it, yeah, he put him out. Put him out very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah that so was like, so like, I think people getting this fight. Um, I think people are really getting their hopes up for this fight for no reason. I don't think Peterson's going to compete with Spence. I don't think he'll compete with any top welterweight. Even even Kel Brook today, I favor over um over uh, Peterson. I favor Peterson. You know, so, so it's like I mean, I mean, I, I think people just got their hopes up for no reason. I mean, what the American fight or whatever, but American is like, I mean, he's, uh, 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 he's not a top ball to weight. I mean, uh, I just think uh, Peterson gets knocked out uh, within eight rounds tops. I don't think he's going to do anything. Uh, I don't think he's going to pose any threat. You know, he's not going to expose that uh, sometimes uh, Spence can get his uh, jab countered as Kel Brook was counted a lot early in that fight. I don't think Peterson's even going to show that. I think Peterson might be. I'm probably like a little tad bit better than Algeri was, you know what I mean? But I like Spence to just uh, do whatever he wants until I'm um, probably the first round might be a little competitive or something. But I like Spence to do whatever he wants to do after that, and he finishes them all on body shots by the seventh eighth round. I'm sorry, I, I just don't think Peterson's good at welterweight. He's not gonna he's not gonna be a problem for anyone at 147. Oh, not a top welterweight. No, no, I feel you 100% on that, Janelle. The only thing about this is that makes it somewhat interesting uh, from my standpoint is I just want to see if um, Errol Spence has patched up the kinks in the armor uh, when it comes to defense, head movement, and things like that. Because, yeah, well, you know, he, he did well, take care I mean, of Algeria. Who's Chris Algeria, though? You know, he's a, he's a gatekeeper, basically. Um, his defense did look pretty uh, good against Kell Brook. Um, with the head movement, and most southpaws kind of dip low when they throw jabs. Uh, most southpaws do that a lot. Uh, Manny Pacquiao did it a lot. Uh, Winky Wright did it a lot. Um, you can name a lot of southpaws who always like when they throw jabs, they kind of lean over a bit. <laughs> and that's just a southpaw thing. But, I mean, it would take someone like Keith Thurman to actually really expose that as far as make him, like, uh, really uh, uh, pay for that. I don't think Peterson's power is even going to be effective against Spence. 
So it's like I'm, I'm just sorry. I mean, I, I, I'm sorry to bust the whole bubble that thing. I know people think this fight is going to be something exciting, but I don't think so. And I was going to go to this fight, but after a while, I was like, oh, man, Peterson's not going to do anything. It's not going to be a competitive fight. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. Uh, well, you said we got uh, the three one zero on the line. Let's take it to the caller and see what they got to say about this fight. Maybe they're riding with Janelle on this one as well. Three one zero, what's going on? You want to outside this boxing podcast? Talk to us, my man. Hey, what's good, family? It's JP, man. What's up, RC? How you doing? I'm good, man. It's uh, good to hear from you again, my guy. How's everything going out there in SoCal, bro? King. Midwinter. Just stunting on all these other cats around the country, you know, tank top time around here. That's all it is. Oh, we got on tank tops too, also, my man. My, my oh, y'all got tank tops right down now. There. Yeah, shorts and tees, bro. Nice try, though. Nice try. Oh, had to try. Oh, had to try. I, I know y'all are catching <laughs> snow every now and again. Y'all might get some oh, snow yeah, every yeah. now and again. I, I got people down there in Houston myself, so, uh, Absolutely. The weather is quite tropical, surprisingly. But um, I want to make sure we're, we're not, uh, like, diminishing Lamont Peterson too much to say. Because when you say someone's not competitive with the top fighters at the welterweight division, that's a very short list. That is actually three people we consider. We consider that to be Errol Spence, uh, Keith Thurman, and Sean Porter. And that's and then we have a significant drop off after that. And so I mean, are we are we saying Danny Garcia is amongst that? Because we already seen what Lamont did to him. Uh so but what my main concern in this fight is is these are two fighters that are very familiar with each other. And that said, has has I, I think it's safer to say by the temperament of the interaction of both I it, it, it seems like Errol is almost looking through this guy, and it seems like Lamont may have conceded to that. But I've also I also want to see: um, Are we going to see go to the body Lamont, or are we going to see boxing Lamont? I hope we see boxing Lamont because while um, tough Lamont will be fun to see, uh, I don't think that Lamont goes seven rounds. But if we see boxing Lamont, I don't know what could happen. You know, we could see some, you know, Lamont is a really good boxer, man. He just, he's able to be both. He, I think he's far less of an entertaining fighter when he's boxing Lamont. Nobody would want to see him because he doesn't have any power. But when he just digs in there, I think Lamont could, uh, you know, give, give Errol some problems if he tries to box. But it'll be funner if we see them slug it out. But that's more what I'm interested to see. Um, as far as that fight goes, yeah, that's that's what I'm interested to see. Definitely, definitely. I hear you on that, my man. Uh, it's never a good idea to look through an opponent, as you mentioned, and Errol Spence uh, has been talking for time on end about the Keith Thurman fight, about the Bud Crawford fight. But you got to pay attention to who's in front of you because, uh, you know, on any given night, Upsets happen in this sport of boxing, so uh, great analysis by it. Um, do you have a prediction for this fight, maybe starting with yourself and going around the table? Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to take, of course, Errol. Um, 
depending on if we see boxing, Lamont, I say this thing could actually possibly go 12. But if we see a slugfest, it'll go seven, you know, seven rounds. But uh, it'll be entertaining either way. I, I like this fight. Right on, my man. Uh, Janelle, you want to chime in on this one and see uh, what's the predictions weigh in for yourself on this fight leading up to next week? On what fight? Yeah, uh, Peterson. Peterson, uh, Spence fight. Predictions on that, my man. Please. Hey, I had to cut his mic off. Hey, so I'll make my prediction. Hey, my prediction is he already made his prediction. He said KO by the eighth. Uh, so uh, my prediction is I think it's going to be <laughs> – a, a split decision, Earl Spence. Um, uh, like he said, I think, um, like JP said, you know, you could see a couple of uh, sides of uh, Lamar Peterson, and I think this older Lamar Peterson is going to try to box. And, you, and you know, he made some good points as to saying he does look like he conceded, but I don't think so, man. I think uh, hopefully we see. I think he's going to box him. I think it's going to be – I, I, I won't say split decision. I'll say majority decision, maybe even unanimous. But I think it's going to be it's going to be a good it's going to give you a good box. I don't see Lamar Peterson going to sleep. Um, you know, like you said, he went to sleep during for Matisse. I don't think he's trying to make that happen again. He's got a lot of grit, a lot of gut. So we're going to see, man. We're going to see. I think it's going to be a good fight. I know Janelle doesn't think it's going to be, and he might be right. You know, Earl Spence should. Earl Spence is like JP said, he's one of those elite guys and he should be able to take a guy out like this. But, you know, uh, Peterson has fought uh, what, 30, 40 times. He's fought 35, 40 times. So he knows what's going on. Uh, Spence is a young dude. So we're going to see, man. I think it will be a good fight as long as it lasts. I think it'll last all 12. And I think we'll, it'll be a decision for, uh, for Earl Spence, man. Who you got? I feel you on that. And, um, you know, it's hard to predict for Lamont Peterson to go the distance after some of the damage he's taken moving forward. Yeah, he's got a, a, a nice wave of momentum after the uh, David Avenesian fight, in which a lot of people I thought um, Avenesian was going to give him that work uh, coming off that huge win against Shane Mosley, uh, which was supposed to be a cherry pick fight for Mosley to get a strap. But, uh, you know, I actually see this fight being very competitive for the first six rounds. And then as soon as the fatigue starts to fit, uh, come into uh, play with these body shots that Spence will uh, definitely take advantage of. I know Peterson is preparing for it and whatnot, but everybody prepares for everything until something happens and the game plan changes. I think that the fatigue issue will come into play for Peterson in about the 10th, ninth round. And I see Earl Spence technically knocking out Lamont Peterson, referee getting in the middle and breaking it up in the 11th round. So, um, and that will be just what the doctor orders for Earl Spence moving forward in this, this whole, what seems to be impressed Keith Thurman at 147, um, saying the same things about uh, Terrence Crawford. Show him because Keith Thurman right now is feeling like on top of the world and he is pretty much the most wanted man in boxing right now. Next to Triple G's O, uh, Keith Thurman is definitely that guy. So, um, and he pretty much sees, wants to see what everybody's got to offer him moving forward because, you know, he took the strap from Danny, uh, beat Sean, and pretty much 
he's left no doubt. He's been injured, but he's persevered, and he's won, um, been in danger, changed fights, and he has that power that can change fights with anybody given on one night. So, um, But I definitely want to see Earl Spence do something, uh, show progression on this win, a win that he would have similar to that he had with Kell Brook, with him losing early rounds and uh, getting counter-chopped. I don't think that looks good moving forward for him um, because Keith Thurman, as we all know, is very awkward, has great foot movement, and uh, gives guys problems and definitely has power in both fists. So um, we'll see how that works out. But I definitely, other than the win factor for Earl Spence, I want to see progression, and I want to see him do things that he didn't do before. And let's see how well he's been uh, on the table of doing his homework and uh, perfecting his craft and patching up some of the kinks in his armor. Because we all got, uh, everybody's got holes in their game. It's all about how you patch it up. You got to stop the faucet sometimes. So uh, we'll see how Earl Spence does from that moving forward. Um, but uh, I got Earl Spence by 11th round knockout. So um, knockout for myself, decision by Willa. JP think it's saying it would uh, be stopped if it's a slugfest. If it's a boxing match, we'll see the cards. And Janelle, he still wants to know what fight we're talking about. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. He, but he did say eighth-round knockout earlier. That's how he thought. It's all love, Janelle. I'm messing with you. But um, another fight that we got on the undercard, actually, which is uh, should be a pretty good one. Um, we got uh, Adrian Bronner's boy, Robert Easter Jr., who's shown some promise at times. I know his last fight when he fought that midget. Uh, he had a little bit of trouble by this little guy who kept coming forward. I'll get his name here in a second. But um, moving forward, he will be facing Javier Fortuna. And, um, I mean, Robert Easter Jr., he's an interesting character. He's got a little bit of the charisma of Adrian Broner, but he takes his craft serious. You don't see Robert Easter out partying the way Adrian Broner does. A uh, very ca- charismatic character, but also serious business when it's in the ring. Quote from uh, your boy Triple G, serves business. Uh, he he uh, definitely has an advantage, it seems, with a lot of opponents due to his height and reach. And this guy's got a fast fucking jab. His speed is also very, uh, very utilized pretty well. When he does use it, he can uh, set some guys back. His power, um, it didn't show in the previous fight, but before that, it seemed like his power was there. He's uh, uh, been in some dogfights. So that's uh, one thing about Robert Easter when it comes to a guy uh, trying to bully, push, and shove. He's right there to be doing the same thing. Um, I'm real curious to see how Robert Easter does uh, moving off his last performance. I know a lot of people probably didn't see because TBC has that whole bounce TV thing, and uh, it actually took me to go buy some rabbit ears from the store just to – go back in time and disconnecting my cable box and putting in the damn antennas to find this shit on bounce. And, um, you know, we'll see how Robert Easter looks um, under the about billions little stable that they got promotion deal, whatever. Um, he's definitely one of those guys who, where you're talking about big fights in the division at 135, he's in the mix. So um, he's a, a definitely a, a prospect uh, for the big money fights out there. I know they're talking about possibly having Robert Easter Jr. against Mikey Garcia in December, which would be, man, that's a, that's a big step up from a lot of comp that Robert Easter's had. Um, but he's been battle tested in certain fights. And, um, you know, I, I'm not sure if he's ready for Mikey Garcia at this point in time. Probably don't think he is. 
Uh, Mikey's been on a, a pretty good tear since he's been back. But, um, you know, Robert Easter definitely has a lot of tools in his box that he can use. He utilizes his uppercut very well, and um, he, he knows how to use his distance. So uh, we'll see how he goes in this fight with Fortuna. But um, uh, I know that one thing's for certain, it'll be an entertaining fight when Robert Easter's in because if he's not displaying his offense, he's not afraid to get in the phone booth. But, uh, Willa, what are you thinking about this fight? Pretty good for an undercard to the Spence Peterson, I think, if you ask me. Oh, yeah. I think uh, most definitely it is. Um, uh, Easter Jr., he's a, he's a, uh, he's a, a special character to me. Um, coming up, I thought he, was the re- he should be the real deal. But it seems like as he has stepped up in competition, the fights are getting tougher and tougher. Um, he uh, had that split decision, I think, against uh, – I forgot what this guy's name is. But this is the IBF night. This is for the, uh, the, uh, the lightweight title, and I believe the, 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 the spit. Peterson is for the IBF welterweight title. So IBF's uh, giving us some title, uh, title, title shots title box uh, fights uh, out there in the Barclay. So it should be a good fight, uh, a good card. Um, East Jr., he's fast. He looks good. He's big. But I, it's like he's missing something that makes him elite. I don't. I can't really put my finger on it. Like I said, uh, coming up, he was knocking everybody out. You're talking about his power. It looked like he had power. But then his last three or four fights, it hasn't really been the same guy. And it's. I don't know if it's because – of something going on, or is it because the you know that his competition is getting better, you know, and Frontura or Frontura, whatever his name is, he's all right. I think he's like thirty-one and uh, thirty-three and three, a guy. But he's going to be one of his uh, top, the, the toughest fo- opponent he's fought so far. So he, he should win. Um, he has the ability, the athletic uh, athletic ability. He has the skill to win, but he's missing something man and this is i guess this is somewhat a showcase both of these guys aren't really the best of the best like you said he should, he's looking to fight mikey garcia he doesn't want that um he doesn't want that at all maybe he wants that payday but i don't even know if that's a big payday at this point at this point in time but should be a good fight uh this is another guy similar to spence but not on this level that he's he's got to prove himself a little more than he has been and I'm looking forward to seeing him do that. You know, I'm not going to knock him at all. Um, he has been – he is winning. And, you know, that's all you can really – that's all you can really worry about is winning. But he hasn't been looking the greatest his last couple of wins. So, we'll we'll see. Um, and, you know, that's that's what I'll say. He should win. He definitely should win. This should, should be a right. tune-up uh, – not a tune-up, but showcase showcase tune-up sort of you know a little a little tougher than the showcase but this is a fight that he's favored in and he's the a side and he should go in there thinking that he's going to knock this guy out so we'll we'll see man that's all i can say and hopefully he can he can get better and take that whatever he doesn't have like he doesn't have it's something i gotta watch him again but I, i just remember watching him last fight like this guy has something that's making him not elite. He has the speed. He has the reach. He has, it looks like he has the strength. He has the size. He has everything else, but maybe it's the dog. Maybe he doesn't have that dog. Maybe he doesn't have the IQ, but it's something that he's missing to me personally. 
that's that that makes me say that he's not elite. Oh, Javier Fontura is uh, thirty-one and one. My bad. So this guy's coming up. Let me see who yeah, he's yeah. fought last. No showcase for sure. This, yeah, um, this isn't a showcase, but he should be winning. This guy hasn't fought anybody. Uh, you know, he's last guy he beat was seven seventeen and zero. Nicholas Palonki Palonka. You know, Mario Beltre, Omar Douglas. Uh, you know, Jason Sosa. I guess. Uh, you know, he's he doesn't have any big names on this one, so we'll see what's up, man. Should be a win. Uh, I, he should uh, get that keep the IBF title, but we'll but we'll see. Should be a good fight. Yeah, you know, um, we're talking about why Robert Easter did not look so impressive his last fight against Dennis Shakaev, I believe his name was. Um, the dude was a midget, and he had one hand pretty much that whole fight. He was uh, uh, pretty much a walk him down and give him the left hand over the top the entire fight. And it reminded me of a little bit of a diet Adrian Broner versus Marcos Maidana type fight with, uh, you know, Robert Easter being AB's boy and all that. Because this little guy was tough, man. He was in there and he would not quit. Robert Easter was giving him some really stiff shots, but he took him. He took him like a, a sliced bread with some butter on the toast, man. And he, he was saying, thank you, bring me some more. And anybody who's five foot eleven and struggling with a midget to keep them back, it raises an eyebrow and it makes me ask questions more than I already yeah. was asking questions about Easter. So I, I got a question for you, What's that? Was this the fight after this fight that we have questions about this guy and the juice? Easter, um, the other guy I'm trying to remember well, the fight. Was he just taking a – well, it was a split decision, right? I, I can't remember. I'm just trying to figure I out. Think it was a, I'm just trying to see it what it was that made me think Easter wasn't doing it. it. It was just a bad performance by Robert Easter. Like I said, when you got a little guy in front of you and you can't get him out of there, um, especially in this sport, you, you really don't have much to uh, put on as far as excuses. You can probably say your hand was hurt or things like that, but um, – you know, this little dude had um, a lot of heart in him. Um, I forget exactly what his record was. Uh, Dennis Shakaev, uh well, he is actually uh, – he was uh, 32 or 32 and 2, I believe. And um, against Easter, he, he lost on every card. And it was kind of funny when you heard the cards being put out there because you had, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, one card, which was the good old 117-111 which it was nothing like that. And I think that's also what took away from the fight and the performance with Robert Easter Jr. was that he had a, a judge in the bag, so to speak, because there's no fucking way. I mean, that fight on my scorecard, I believe I had Robert Easter just escaping by two rounds, if that. So um, when you heard that one, it kind of not only did it leave a sour taste in my mouth as far as Robert Easter's performance, but the judging also just, eh, you know, I like Robert Easter and I want to see him have success. And I like, the charisma and the colorful character that he brings into the ring. Um, you know, when he's knocking dudes down, he's having fun. And he's not doing gay fun. Like, uh, like uh, what's his name? Old Javante Davis. Now, when he drops a guy uh, in the corner, I forget, it was about two years ago or something, the guy's doing a get low type dance in front of the man while he's on the ground. Now, that's just a little bit too fruity for me. Robert Easter is, you know, he's, He's hitting the quan and doing some funny dances like that. He's not doing those suspect-type dances such as Tank. But um, I enjoy it, and I want to see him 
do some things because, as you mentioned, it does seem like he's missing something, whether it'll be his stamina issues from him loading up. He doesn't fight like Adrian Broner to the fact that he thinks he has one-punch power and then he digs himself in holes because of so. But when Robert Easter Jr. puts punches together, uh, combination punches, and he has a really, really sneaky uppercut because coming from the um, – coming from the uh, shoulder roll stance that he puts at times, he can really sneak that one in there. So uh, Robert Easter Jr. definitely has potential, but he's got to put this whole thing together. Um, but Janelle, if you are still with us, sir, we have Robert Easter Jr. against Javier Fortuna. What do you think about this fight coming up, my man? And let's give us your analysis on Robert Easter Jr. because the guy has, or it seems to be, a lot of talent in which a promotional uh, uh, management would like to have this guy under the stable by giving the, the God-given speed that this guy has along with the size and pretty much things that could get the viewer's attention in this day and age in combat sports. Janelle, what do you got for I mean, yeah. I'm going to speak on two things. I'm going to speak on this also first, but uh, I mean, yeah, as long as he keeps working on his craft and he doesn't, and he doesn't cheat the sport of boxing, man, I think the kid might have a good future. You know, he's got a good punch. You know, what I mean, I just hope he just, you know, I just hope he doesn't uh, go on a path for Bruno today, you know, and and blow up in between fights and just and just stay on and just stay just on the sport of boxing because that'll be huge. I mean, uh, I love to see young new talent come in and uh, and have a good future. You know what I mean, and he's definitely one of them. It, 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 it depends on where his head is at. If his head is, is dedicated to the sport 110 percent. Then I like him in his hand. Then I could, I could definitely see the kid going somewhere. Oh, but I like him in this fight. I don't think this fight. Um, I think um, I think he should shine. He should shine. Oh, uh, he should shine. Um, I want to see him set up a knockout, not just go looking for knockouts, but set it up. It's like he was mentioning how Broner thinks he has one punch power, but he doesn't. You know, I'm saying Canelo does the same thing also. That's why he takes breaks off. Uh, on but can take his power, and that comes sixth, seventh round, and. He, he kind of takes his break off. He kind of takes his break because he got to get his power. He got to get his energy back. You know what I mean? So hopefully uh, um, he, he – Look, you're breaking up a little bit, Janelle. Can you hear us, Janelle? Willard, I don't know if, if we lost him there or if it's just my end on the line. Can we hear you, Janelle? What's going on over there? Hey, you now, right? Hey, what's wrong with the phone? Yes, 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 yes. I hear you now, Janelle. Go ahead. Okay, yes, your phone's cutting out. I mean, I, I guess I just want to see him set up a knockout, not go looking for knockouts, because you're not looking for knockouts. Uh, that's when bad things yeah. happen as, as you move as you move from competition. You know what I mean? But I want to address something that that that, that when the guy chimed in, the DC's name was he mentioned about how. Uh, yeah, yeah. After Thurman, Porter, and he says Spence, there's no top ones out there. I think there's a few of them. It's like I mentioned, I, I still think uh, Brooke could actually beat Peterson's bill. Uh, Horn can beat Peterson. I think he could out-muscle him. And, uh, and, and, and also, uh, Terrence Crawford is there. So it's like, I don't see Peterson beating even one of those six. You know what I mean? Even one of those six guys. But and I don't want to talk too much on that anymore because we're off the subject already. But I just want to throw that out there. You know, it's not just Porter, I know Thurman, and uh, what he said, Spence. You know, it's more of a guy that wants to. Wants to win division is actually pretty uh, solid right now. Uh, definitely because uh, uh, Crawford is there, want to fight anybody also. 
So that's definitely uh, something to talk about in the next couple of years down the road. Well, I'm going to say, like, <clears throat> he'd take Horn to hell and back. That's obvious. I don't, um, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. Oh, I'm come on. Come on. I don't think so. Look, he's even old. Oh, Janelle. Now, I, can't, up again, I can't hear him. Go ahead, JP. Go ahead and take your part on this. But uh, I, from and, and, and let's say, are we going to consider? And I, we're backtracking, but I'll just respond to that quickly. Um, are we just going to say Sean Definitely. Porter just dogs dogs Lamont Peterson? Are we saying Danny Garcia dogs Lamont Peterson? I know we aren't saying Jeff Horn dogs him. I didn't guess. I, I know we aren't saying Jeff, Jeff Horn disposes him. We definitely aren't saying Brooke just gets rid of Lamont Peterson easily. Lamont Peterson will be in all of those fights, deep. Well, Brooke is a very, oh, Brooke is a very mature fighter. I know he never goes looking for knockouts. He sets up his knockouts, and that's one thing I always gave him props for. And maybe he might be able to outpoint Peterson, but I mean, he doesn't uh, take risky chances. He watched Sean Porter fight. You know, it wasn't that good of a fight, but he showed a lot of maturity as a fighter. I mean, he didn't come out swinging for the fences. He never does. He always took up his knockouts. So probably uh, Brooke won't uh, knock him out, but I see him easily outpointing him. I mean, uh, when, when have we seen Lamont Peters? I mean, we haven't seen Kell Brook go 12 rounds in quite some time. I mean, and when he did, he was going through hell. Other than the, than the Sean Porter win, which he fucking held him all night, he goes through hell with dudes like Carson Jones and things like that. So we haven't had a good sample of uh, Kell Brook in a long time now. And it would be more safe to say that Kell Brook is pretty much damaged goods rather than and to assume. And that's why I say he wouldn't knock him out. I do believe he's I don't, damaged let goods. Him, let him finish his points, you know, and then, we'll, then you go ahead and try, uh, all right, all right, uh, cover on. Go for it, Jesse. Go ahead, but I'll just I'll just uh, go right into the um, Robert Easter thing, and I agree with Willow that thing missing. And now what I personally think that thing missing is uh, he doesn't quite know how to to stay in his stance, his boxing stance. You'll always see him come out in about the first three rounds. He'll he'll fight in that long, tall, rangy stance. Next thing you know, he's he's fighting. In, bending down at the knees and the waist to the level of the opponent. Now, first, I got to pull your card again on being dismissive. See, you have been dismissive of Shabransky. Now, Shabransky just coming off a win of Richard Comey. Now, that's a, man, that was a hell of a fight, dude. And Shabransky ain't no sucker, man. And I knew, I knew um, fucking Easter was in deep with that little motherfucker. I knew that was coming. And you'll see going down the line mm-hmm. how you're able to gauge a fighter is how the, the guy he beat goes on to do in the future. Shabransky will be fighting for titles. That's for sure. Um, but Easter, he always, he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a dog. He likes to fight. He doesn't know how to stay long and rangy. He doesn't have the proper tutelage. It's, it's guys who know how to, how to tutelage a fighter like that. Emmanuel Stewart, rest in peace, was one of them dudes who knew how to, how to um, coach a tall, long-rangey fighter, i.e. Vladimir Klitschko, Tommy Hearns. These are tall guys that Emmanuel tutelage and had them sitting back on that right hand, jab, jab, boom, jab, jab, Boom, right hand, left, left, and they just keep you there all night. And as you go to sleep, and Robert Easter could be fighting right in that fucking mold. But 
you'll see him starting to bend at the waist, and then he's in a dog fight. And then with a dog fight with a dude whose arms are way shorter than yours, and he's faster, his, his impact points are closer than yours in tight fights, in tight quarters, he's obviously at a disadvantage. And that's what you're going to see throughout his career unless somebody's able to write that. But, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's what I think of what will happen there as far as Fortuna. Fortuna will be um, – and I, and I fear about Robert Easter because, like I said, he'll bend at the waist, he'll bend at the knee, he'll fight. And Fortuna is one of these weird little, these little funky style dudes, like a like a Mayorga, like a Maidana, who throws these looping punches. You know, now you can hurt. Now he can easily knock Fortuna on his face. But Tuna is one of these weird dudes who comes from these awkward angles and has these loop, loopy punches, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see Robert Easter hurt. It wouldn't surprise me. But uh, that said, I'll take Robert Easter in a TKO in the ninth round, seventh round. Let me go seventh. All right, all right. And, um, no, I hear you. Uh, yeah. Robert Easter, some of the things he does that – is what fans want to see in fights is probably one of his downfalls. Like you said, he's got the dog in him and wants to get in some of those fights where, you, you know, we already know uh, certain fans in boxing where you never want to hook with the hooker, especially somebody who throws some leaping shots you might get caught with. So uh, some of the things Robert Easter does that the fans enjoy watching him fight could be his ultimate downfall at certain times unless he stays sharp. But uh, Willa, go ahead as you were, my man. Oh, no, no. I was going to say we've got another call. Uh, it's a lot of ones, but we could uh, go ahead and take it. Um, see if they want. Well, they just shot off anyway, so we're good. So yeah, go ahead. Um, Fight, yeah, I, and, and I'm glad. I'm glad JP said it because now and now it's all coming back to me. He's right. It seemed like Easter could have just sat there and boxed them, but he was doing crazy shit, and that's what it is. Like he said, he just needs. He needs the. He's got the. He's got the tools, but he might not have the teacher. And uh, Adrian Broner being his uh, promoter, right, um, which isn't a bad thing. You know, he's getting the fights. He's out there. He's making a name for himself. But he might need to get, you know, out, um, get into a, a, another camp and get a better get get somebody who will, who will teach him how to how to box for real and not fight all the time. Yeah, one hundred percent, man. Great analysis. You see this thing from some of these Cincinnati fighters. Um, you know, even. Uh, Ohio fighters in general, guys like Sean Porter sticking with his dad, uh, Adrian Bronner sticking to Mike Stafford, and uh, some of these guys out there just stick to the natural roots as far as their uprising with some of these trainers. And uh, you hate to see a guy who's got a lot of talent not make a, a certain switch in his career, you know, um, such as Miguel Cotto back in the day had his uncle as his trainer for the most part. And I just don't like that. So uh, hopefully he can – uh, look sharp in this fight first and foremost, and I'm not necessarily saying, you know, right away can your trainer, but let's see also Robert Easter make some progression, as I was talking about with Errol Spence, and let's see if he can uh, stay sharp and, and perfect his craft because he definitely has some uh, talent moving forward uh, in a division with a lot of opportunities. So um, let's see how that goes. Um, I got Robert Easter Jr. by uh, unanimous decision. I think that it will be close and probably arguable uh, when it comes down to the cards because I could see um, Robert Easter uh, getting himself in a little bit of trouble in certain uh, positions of this fight, but we'll see how it goes. Um, just to put this out there, folks, we got another 16 minutes 
before the show's a wrap, 18 minutes. And uh, let's just go to Janelle, get his take. And then we got an announcement that was, I think, predicted a few months back by one of the own on this show. So we'll get to that right after this. But, Janelle, uh, quickly, sir, let's oh, hear your uh, predictions for the oh, fight. Oh, yeah. Oh, with JC. JC made my point. You know, he made my point. You know, I mean, I was talking about how, as far as long as Eastman don't, I mean, if he works on his craft a lot more, he can, he's better future, and he doesn't go looking for knockouts, but rather set up his knockouts. You know, I mean, that's some of his, uh, you know, his problems. This guy actually made my point that he called me to uh, dismissive. Um, uh, uh, basically, the point I made, you know what I'm saying? He goes looking for knockouts, and he has to really set up his knockouts and and definitely work on his craft. Some things he does, it's it's – it, it's not to his advantage, you know. So the guy definitely made my point. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I mean, I still take Eastman in this fight. You know what I mean? I I won't pick a I won't pick a TKO. I mean, if he goes looking for it, I mean, it could be problems. But I think the unanimous decision is uh is is um is, is my call on this. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I feel you on that. Um. We covered the fights that we wanted to get to, but also there's something that happened in the news uh, earlier in the week as far as opponents and, and fights being made and something like that. And we spoke about that Manny Pacquiao sacrificial lamb that was put out to Illuminati one, born. sacrifice. Boxing the Illuminati, Illuminati sacrifice. sacrifice. Let me go ahead and take over, man. Let me go ahead and take over. Handle, I am the one that called this. Guys were saying, what the hell are you talking about, Willa? You don't know what you're talking about. You're a casual fan. You don't know what you're talking about. Manny's going to get his rematch. And I told him, I told him right after the fight, Manny was just sacrificed for Bob Arum, by Bob Arum for Bud Crawford. Bob Arum, like him or not, has his eye on the prize. He's got Lomachenko. Manny Pacquiao is old news, so why not get Crawford? So now he's got Lomachenko and Crawford, maybe the top two fighters in the game, right? So once Manny Pacquiao got robbed and Aram was there smiling, we knew, I knew what was going to happen. It was a boxing Illuminati sacrifice. He was sacrificed so that Bud Crawford can be uh, can get a belt at welterweight. You know, I know guys like I think Janelle is going to come on here and say something like Horns got a chance. You know, something of that nature. But guess what? He doesn't have a chance. He has no chance. He's going to get knocked out. And so, so. Um, we also, I saw it coming. I don't know. I think you you were a little bit on board with me, but you thought maybe Manny Pacquiao was going to get that rematch. But I told y'all six, seven months ago, this fight was coming and what was going to happen. It's going to be easy work, easy, easy work. And Crawford will be, uh, will be pound for pound the best. And right under there will be Lomachenko. Therefore, the top promoter in the game is Bob Arum. And Bob Arum did, and he did it big. So, no hate coming from me at all. Just next time a casual speaks, you niggas better listen. <laughs> and and that goes for 
motherfucker Andrew Patterson who want to come on here talking shit about our show but says I haven't listened in, a, in over a year or some shit like that. You fucking Scottish faggot with your stupid fucking kilt want to come on talking shit about our show, talking about you haven't listened to our show in over a year. I guarantee you there's a lot of things you haven't gotten in over a calendar year. So I'm not going to come on here talking shit about nobody who's got nothing bad to say about us. But when you, talk, when you start to take shots at us, we're going to fire back. We guarantee we ain't missing. If you want to take shots at the king, you bet not miss. Because we coming in this motherfucker with, if you want to go low, we can go lower. But that's all I want to say about him. But, Willie, you did call that on spot. I was actually on the fence of the rematch more so happening than this one moving forward. But I got to ask my man JP because he pretty much, I mean, you are also throwing Horn under the bus as far as him just getting, you know, pretty much destroyed in this fight with Crawford, which I could, I could see it happening. I could see Crawford washing him. But I think this is a very, very good test for Terrence Crawford acclimating himself in the division because the man is moving up and he's not fighting a little guy. And there's big fighters out there as far as um, a statue who don't necessarily know how to use their height or their weight or their body work and being bullies. And Jeff Horn, he's a pretty good bully. He knows how to use his body to his advantage and get some, uh, some dirty boxing uh, when it's uh, in, in some of those senses in the uh, moments when he's near, near this clinch and all that. Um, do I think that Jeff Horn is going to propose a threat to Bud Crawford, I don't think so, but he's going to give him a test, and this test also will uh, determine how well Bud Crawford's power is moving up in weight. Um, you know, my man was weighing 170 before Christmas, so who knows after that, the, the, the whole festivities that went on during Christmas time, if he was maybe at 180, you know, uh, coming down to 147 and uh, making his debut in this weight class, I think this is good. A lot of people out there, I don't understand how a lot of people out there talking shit about Bud Crawford. You want to see him get in the ring with Errol Spence and Keith Thurman right away? You just want to see him lose. Or you want to see the other guy lose. It's one or the other. You're not saying you want this fight to happen between uh, so-and-so just because, you know, it's the right thing to do. It's the business move to make. If that was the case, we would have seen Deontay Wilder versus AJ a while ago, but it's going to be even bigger once AJ unifies getting Joseph Parker's title, if things go according to plan. And Deontay Wilder, if he beats Luis Ortiz, you have a buildup. You have a big fight because so. So you don't just throw these guys in, in the lion's den and hope for the best. That's terrible promoting. Everybody, including Bob M would be the first to tell you, sure, we want to see that fight happen. Obviously we do. But why not build it up and make it bigger? You already got the audience tuning in to Bud Crawford by fighting on ESPN, especially after his last performance. Just the guy took no damage, you know? And um, just let him build up, let these guys meet. And, you know, I'm not the biggest Keith Thurman fan, but I don't agree with anybody saying that, oh, he needs to fight Spence right now or he needs to fight Bud right now, let Keith Thurman come off his elbow surgery. Let him get in the ring, a tune-up fight against a very game Jesse Vargas. This is not no 
walk through Cream Puff and Jesse Vargas, this kid is tough, and he's going to be in there for a dogfight himself. So I get what they're doing with this whole deal moving forward. Let it build up, man. And that goes for a lot of the fans out there who, you know, I always mention this, that sometimes when you're talking boxing with boxing fans, boxing fans sometimes seem to be the most miserable fans in all of sports because everyone takes things so personal and they ride for their guy. And if it doesn't go the way they want, they're spoiled breath and they want things to be a certain way. Obviously, sometimes we don't get fights that we wanted, like the Mayweather-Pacquiao. If we would have got it five years ago, it would have been great. It would have been perfect. You know, but at the end of the day, this is a business, and this is not the $1,000 business that we were talking about at the beginning of the show in the UFC, who has absolutely no stars moving forward. This is the million-dollar business. We do big business here, and there's a reason why there's been big business here, because this is a old routine for many, many moons, as Bob Elm knows, and also Al Heyman, a very wise man himself, and what we're doing with a lot of these fights. So um, basically I went on a tangent right there, but to JP and Willie, you guys are thinking that if you think that Jeff Horn's just going to be easy work, I don't think it's going to be that easy for Crawford. I think he could definitely, uh, I think he definitely should win this fight, but I think that it's going to show a lot in what we got moving forward with Terrence Bud Crawford. Your response, fellas? You guys know where I've been on this one the entire time. Uh, I don't know why everybody seems to think Crawford's going to come in here and blow out Jeff Horn. So, so let's let's go back a little bit. Jeff Horn beat Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao, since his loss to uh, Marquez, and of course Floyd Mayweather. Now Floyd Mayweather was an extremely cautious in that fight with Manny Pacquiao. But since then, Manny Pacquiao has continued to go on and put hands on people. He done whooped us, whooped up Chris Algieri, whooped up Jesse Vargas, who's a uh, a damn good fighter. And um, who do we got? This, uh, yeah. uh, Jeff Horn. And so Jeff Horn. And so Jeff Horn put it. Now, Jeff Horn fought Manny Pacquiao in a fire fight. And I, and I want to make sure people understand that. People don't fight Manny Pacquiao in a fire fight. May. Because I've right. ever seen Mayweather in years. And so Jeff Horn is a big, old, strong dude that, that knows how to fight. Now, here comes Crawford. We see this, this fight all the time in boxing history, the blue chip guy coming on up. We've seen it with Ali and Ken Norton, you know, the blue chip fighting the old dog. We've seen it with Mayweather and Jose Luis Castillo. Mayweather coming on up, the blue chip fighting the old dog. We just recently seen it with Lomachenko and Orlando Salido, the blue chip fighting the old dog. We've seen it with Maidana and Broner, the blue chip fighting the old dog. And so we just see this yes. time and time again with the guy moving up who has less physicality less physicality who's been who hasn't acclimated to that weight just yet coming in there fighting that old dog who's a who's slightly big for the division and been there and they have a who's fucking tough ass fight well well no I, I mean old dog as an old steward of the division you know in that regard he's he's been there he probably could fight at 154 okay. comfortably you, and Terrence yeah. Crawford wasn't even really hurting guys at 140, if you think about it. He was TKOing guys. 
you know, it's not like his 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 power was just devastating at 140. And so, are we thinking uh, Terrence Crawford hits harder than Manny Pacquiao? I really don't think so. So how is man, how is Terrence Crawford gonna knock out Jeff Horn? Nobody said knockout. I said easy work. And Jeff Horn's a big ass dude. So I don't think it's gonna be knockout. And when I say easy work, I'm saying like. Uh, Kovalev, like the end, like the last six rounds in the beginning and the and the, the second round of Kovalev war. Kovalev was doing some work, and, and it was a it was a, it was a close fight, but it was closer fight. But Ward was doing what he wanted to do, and he was comfortable, and it was like a tough sparring day. You know what I'm saying? That's what I mean by easy work. Horn might win some rounds, he might push him around, but at the end of the day, Crawford is gonna do, be doing what he wants to do pretty much the whole fight, and it's going to be easy work like that. Not a wash. He ain't going to wash him because, he's too, right, like you said, he's a big-ass dude. But I think it's going to be I think it's going to be easy work, eight to four, uh, you know, nine to three. To me, that's easy work. That's what I mean. Probably not What's the, uh, what was that short Dominican cat? Uh, I think he was Dominican. Diaz. Diaz. When, oh, Diaz. Okay. Diaz that fought Crawford. Okay, and now early in that fight, you it was some tense moments in there because Diaz, uh, early in that fight, still has his explosiveness to him and his kind of unpredictable uh, ways he would kind of come out with punches. Now Jeff Horn ain't gonna ain't gonna um, like start to gas out and Jeff Horn gonna push this boy like push push. Now when you got these kind of yes, fights and what you see historically is that these dudes are like a fighter like Crawford. Now Crawford has a mean streak and this is going to fare him well in this fight. That mean streak. But a lot of the time now Crawford's going to have to say like you like you're saying, he's going to have to be almost he's going to have to be really sharp. Really sharp. Now that's hard to be for 12 rounds. You know, anybody, a lot of fighters, Kel Brook, Adrian Broner, uh, Robert Easter, the list goes on, who can be sharp for six rounds, Gamboa. Gamboa's the fucking all-time greatest fighter for three rounds. I don't think nobody can beat him. So anybody could be sharp for a small period of time. Now, we got the, it's, it's the rare few like Floyd Mayweather that can be fucking sharp all night. And so we're going to see if um, Terrence Crawford can be sharp all night because if he not he could possibly get hurt here and we ain't never seen him fight nobody really physically bigger than him that's not gonna wane jeff horn may be outclassed but he's not gonna get outworked and that's gonna be a key here 100 percent, 100 percent. i agree with you uh uh and all of those uh specification breakdowns of this fight because Jeff Horn, not the biggest fan of the guy, but definitely respects his work and he is a, a big customer that is going to be game as it gets. And I think with the fight with Pacquiao, you know, the guy was almost stopped in I believe the eighth or seventh round and he persevered somehow and still continued to go about his bully way. So he has a little bit of that Aussie dog in him himself. And Crawford, we're going to see, like you said, because these aren't guys like Gamboa anymore. And we're going to see how he does with guys that are naturally bigger than him and going to push him around. But, um, Willa, as we're coming up towards the end of the show, um, well, let's, go to, uh, let's go to Janelle real quick and see if she wants to chop it, chime in on this. I know he's got a, a few things to say. But real quick, Janelle, we got three minutes. I said before, and I, I, I definitely agree with uh, what JC just said. I mean, Terrence Crawford is the oldest in the world right now at 147. I mean, finally, he's not the biggest, stronger guy in the ring. 
and I agree that Horn's going to make this a fight. Man, he's going to make this a dog fight. And, and I mentioned before how guys that Crawford are getting that 147 just walk through guys. But I think that even when guys miss shots at Crawford, he's going to feel the win of go by these guys. He's going to realize how powerful these guys are. It's going to change his thought patterns, man. I mean, I don't think he's going to steam more guys than 147. I favor him to beat Horn, but it's not going to be easy like, like people think. I think this is going to be a close fight when it gets in the scorecards. You don't want to know who really won this fight or what. I mean, I think it's going to be a victory for Crawford, but I don't think it's going to be the easiest to figure it is, man. I mean, Horn is a bully in that room. He's a big bully in that room. I mean, I know Crawford's got all the skill in there, but it comes, it comes to the point where size and strength don't matter. I mean, in all combat sports, there's weight classes for a reason. And he's going to realize that he's in for, like, he's going to realize that he's in for a fight with these big boys at 147. I favor him to win on on scorecards, but it's going to be tougher than people think. And I'm sorry, he's not, I mean, he's not blowing these guys away. And like the guy mentioned, at one point, right. he was getting stopped. Uh, um, he was getting stoppages. He wasn't knockouts. He was stoppages. Yeah, I mean, and that's yes, a very good point. Yes, all right, there we go. Uh, Janelle, we're running out of time. So, Willa, you got any last thoughts you want to get on before we get out of here? Hey, real quick, also, JP, appreciate you coming on, uh, joining us with the program, because a lot of these points get undermined by some of the boxing fans and are really brought to fruition with some of the stuff we bring here at Outsiders Boxing Podcast. But, Willa, anything you want to uh, finish up before we get up out of here? Oh, no, man. Just want to say it's going to be a great way to start off 2018 with some real boxing. Shout out to Clarissa Seals for her win. Shout out to um, JP for calling in. Always to our man Janelle for holding us down. And, uh, you know, that's it, man. 2018 will be our year. That it will be. My man, uh, everybody that was here with us will be back next week. Um, if you want to listen to Willa and Wilts, which will be on Wednesdays, 9 Central, that's also where we could talk about everything going on in the world and not just specified in boxing. Uh, great show we had this last week if you want to check it out. And uh, thank you for everybody joining us today, Outsiders Boxing Podcast. You know we'll be back next week on our regularly scheduled program at 12 o'clock Pacific time. And speaking for Willa and RC, we out. Mom, I love you. P.O.P. All the time.